Welcome to the Orange County Catholic Radio Show. Each week, we bring you compelling conversation with church leaders and laity, talking about the things going on in our diocese and discussing the important issues that impact the world around us. We're coming to you from our studios on the campus of Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. Here now to introduce our guest and today's topic is your host, Rick Howick. And welcome to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today is Dr. Barisano. Aaron Barisano is the Superintendent of Schools for the Diocese of Orange. Welcome, Dr. Barisano. Thanks, Rick. It's great to be here. And if you would be so kind as to open us with a word of prayer, I'm sure we would all be appreciative. Oh, sure. Loving God, we thank you for your presence here with us, and we ask for your continued guidance on this work that you've called us to do. Please bless our Catholic schools in the Diocese of Orange, their uh, leaders, the teachers, the parents, and most especially the children that have been entrusted to us. And we ask for the wisdom and blessings of your spirit as we continue to grow closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In the Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. Uh, Dr. Barisano, first of all, before we get going too far, I understand that we have some welcome news coming out of your office about next year. Without going into great detail, what can you tell us that's going to change, and when is that change going to take place? Well, we, uh, you know, we're we're going full force with planning on uh, reopening our campuses uh, in August. Oh wow, that's and, fantastic! Um, it, it's fantastic. We've uh, we've all been at home uh, a very long time, and we're looking forward to having our students back on our campuses. Um, you know, this doesn't go without a lot of planning and safeguards, but we well, uh, we're, we're committed to uh, to really working working towards having those campuses back open. And I want to explore all of that, especially all of your safeguards and and all of the planning on that. But the reason we brought you on was to really talk a little bit about how Catholic schools have been doing and who better to talk to than the head of the schools, the superintendent. So this has been an unprecedented time to be in Catholic schools and to have the schools on. They're they're not on shutdown. That's the wrong term to use, really, because they're far from shut down. You guys have been on home school mode. How's that been going? Yeah, we like to, uh, we're, we're, we've been uh, using the, the term distance learning. So we want to make sure that we acknowledge that learning is absolutely still taking place. And overall, it's been a positive experience for our families, for our, our children, our wonderful teachers who have just taken this ball and run with it and shown so much creativity commitment to uh, to the craft of teaching, commitment to their faith. It's been really just so inspiring to see this unfold um, in, in such a quick amount of time, really. Now, for those of us who don't have children in school who aren't familiar with what you're doing, how has this distance learning been structured? How has it been working in most schools? Take a typical school, for example. What would happen in the day for say, a first grader, a fourth grader, and an eighth grader? Sure. So, you know, I think one of the things our, our teachers have done um, a really uh, commendable job is arranging um, and organizing time for students so that they're not left on their own to kind of figure out, you know, when to do things. And um, it's not as structured as, as a normal school day would be, you know, a student sitting in their classroom, but 
But a student could, uh, you know, log on uh, in, in the morning and kind of look at what the rhythm of the day will be. And so that might include uh, uh, an, an opening prayer by the, the teacher or by the principal, and then some, you know, maybe some Google Slides that have different assignments for the day. Um, at some point in the day, there's some interaction, live interaction with the teacher. So that could be a Zoom session. It could be, a, you know, a go-to meeting, uh, again, Google Classroom, a phone call, uh, some interaction with their, uh, with their peers, again, in, in a classroom, a virtual classroom setting, some uh, independent time. Sometimes there's some fun things, like the teacher will, will read a story. Some, for our little kids, there's been uh, really creative in doing some uh, PE, some art projects, things like that for our older students and wow. more, more independent learners. So it's been a variety of learning opportunities and faith opportunities. And it really, uh, again, just uh, just inspiring. Now, if you're looking at how you would structure the day, let's say that you're talking about the average fifth grader going through. Are, are you saying that, that the individual teachers are going to have periods where kids will log in. I, I'm an adult, so I use Zoom. I'm assuming you're using a program similar to it. Are they kind of logging in and doing one subject and taking a break and doing another subject? How's that actually working? Yeah, and it you know varies um, um, site by site. So uh, so some schools have been have been doing, like you said, I mean, exactly what, what you just described, logging into a Zoom session, and um, that allows them to not only interact with their teacher but to uh, to have some time with their with their peers because uh, yeah. we know that socialization is really important for kids so zoom has been really um a great partner of ours through all of this uh the other platform that i think uh, has been in uh, in great use has been uh, google classrooms yeah, and their uh, their uh, video conferencing function and um and you know that's created exactly for school use and so um so we've been very quick studies in these things and throughout all of this We've had some teacher leaders uh, really emerge, and we've set up then um, uh, Dr. Brad Snyder, who's our director of educational programs, has done a phenomenal job at highlighting these teachers and allowing them then to teach their colleagues through these mini lessons about, you know, how to do a Zoom session, how to use Google Classrooms, how to do this, how to do that. So um, so it's, it's teachers helping teachers, which is, uh, which is uh, you know, the best kind of learning out there. Well, that's really one of the hallmarks of Catholic education. Every aspect of Catholic education is very small and personal. I mean, this, without going into great detail, subsidiarity, the idea of doing everything right. at the lowest level possible is done at a Catholic school. So you're saying you're using that kind of an idea in order to have the teachers teach the teachers quickly. That means you've been able to respond fairly well to the this emergency situation and actually come up with a, a quality interaction with the students. Exactly. And, uh, you know, er early on, I think, uh, let's see, March 13th is when, uh, when the, the decision was made. That was a, a Friday. And, uh, and I sent the letter home. That following Monday and Tuesday, we had worked all weekend with a great partner of ours, uh, Loyola Marymount University and designed some really targeted professional development for our teachers. And so right out of the gate, we were supporting them in this distance learning so that they had the tools that they needed to get up and running. And, um, and we continued this professional development for the first month of, uh, of our distance learning platform. Again, we just, we, we knew that, that we needed to support our teachers. We, we knew that, uh, this was probably going to be, you know, a little longer term than, uh, than any of us, uh, really anticipated. And we wanted to make sure that, that uh, level of, of quality was not being compromised. 
Yeah, I think when March 13th came around for all of us, we were all hoping it was just going to be two weeks to flatten the curve, but we all kind of knew in the back of our minds yeah. it's maybe a much longer deal. I am so glad you had that with, with your partners. I will be teaching a class in summer at a university, and I wish I had that training. So you've been able to get that quickly, like the weekend before, to your to your teachers, so they're up to speed. I, I happen to know some people who are in, oh, let's just say, non-Catholic school classrooms. They haven't had that kind of a turnaround. They've they've been struggling a little right. bit more than that. I, I take it you've heard the same basic thing. I, I have, and um, and I and I have friends who are you know public school teachers, and uh, uh, they're they're great teachers. But, um, you know, when we think about uh, our teachers who have been in the classroom for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, um, they weren't trained to teach this way. And it's, it's a very different way to teach. And so, you know, we, we recognize that early on that our teachers are our greatest assets, and they are the ones on the front lines who are with our students and with our families. And so, um, so right out of the gates, that support, that investment uh, of time, uh, that partnership was very, very important to get us set for this distance learning platform. I'm impressed that Loyola Marymount was able to turn around and give you that much support so quickly. I take it it's been successful. Have you have you had a, a fairly good retention rate of people sticking with the program and, and going through all the way up till now as we get towards the end of the school year? How's that been going? We have. Yes. Now we've we've had um, you know first of all great feedback from our parents. We've uh, um, uh, conducted two two separate surveys. The first survey I think was our second week uh, parent survey. We wanted to get a feel for for how how families were were uh, were feeling about this experience. And over eighty uh, percent uh, satisfaction rate. Uh, well, we did another fantastic. survey. That's fantastic. About three weeks ago, and um, and we're still um, over seventy five percent satisfaction rate. So you know, after after ten weeks, uh, we feel that we're still meeting the, the needs of our students. The retention rate has has been strong. Um, recognizing that uh, you know families are are, are struggling in a, in a number of ways, but Catholic schools have have been uh, have been an anchor for them, and so you know we're, we're very hopeful for uh, for heading into next year. I'm a little curious. How well, one of the hallmarks of, of Catholic education is the ministry aspect of it. And of course, every time the teacher walks into the classroom, they're there as a minister. So Christ is present in the classroom on Zoom as well. But are there other ways that you've been able to keep more of a traditionally communal aspect of that Catholic spiritual thread going through the, the educational experience in Catholic schools? I'm so glad you, you asked that because, um, you know, the, the, the weekend that my team and I were really scrambling to put this professional development together to get, you know, all of the, uh, the technology uh, in place, my real concern, I thought, you know, teachers know how to teach. We can, and, and we can train them and teach them a new skill, but that sense of community and communion and that faith development and that level of spirituality and Catholic identity is really what what our schools are all about, and um, and so you know I was really thinking about okay we need to be really explicit in uh, in telling our teachers this and our principals and um, they already knew it they already knew that this was what their call to mission was yeah. and so um, so this Catholic identity our principals uh, uh, and our teachers um, continued with things such as morning assembly virtually via Zoom oh that's or, wonderful. Um, 
morning prayer. We've, um, we've, we've, we've done retreats for, uh, for students, for teachers, for parents. They've even reached out to the parent community to, to offer parents retreats. Uh, we've done it with wow. the principals. Um, you know, the month of, of May, what do you do at schools? You do make crowning. And I, I can't tell you the number of schools that have done virtual <laughs> make crownings. Oh, that's wonderful. For, uh, for communities to participate in, it has been so, so beautiful. And it's that sense of community and communion has just translated beautifully to this distance learning platform. It sounds like the last few months, which could have been an absolute total disaster, has actually been met fairly well. And while we don't want to continue doing it any longer than we have to, it sounds like the schools have done a really good job in stepping up to the plate. When we come back, I want to make sure that we switch gears just a little bit and talk about how you're planning to open up. We're talking with Aaron Barrasano, who is the superintendent of schools at uh, the Diocese of Orange. And when we come back, we'll be talking with her about how the schools are going to reopen. We'll see you then. Catholic Radio coming to you high atop the Tower of Hope in beautiful Garden Grove, California, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. I'm Rick Howick, your host. And with me today is Dr. Aaron Barasano, who is the superintendent of schools for the Diocese of Orange. And welcome back, Dr. Aaron. It's good to have you here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, Rick. And we're glad you're here, too, because you bring good news. We just talked for the last 15 minutes or so about how actually pretty successfully uh, the schools have been able to step up to an emergency situation and kind of hit the ball at least a, a, a triple, if not a home run, on trying to <laughs> to work through uh, the, all the the problems of distance learning. But we're yeah. hoping that we're going to be able to discontinue all that come August. Tell us a little bit more about that plan. Sure, sure. So um, as uh, our stay-at-home order um, starts to be lifted and, and uh, we're entering, uh, uh, you know, phases to be out of the home and to uh, to be more social, schools are a big part of that. And so um, what I've uh, I've put together a, a task force of uh, not only my uh, my internal diocesan team, but we have a, a representation of principals on this task force to really come up with a couple different scenarios for our schools. So that we can uh, reopen safely. One of the things that uh, that we really uh, honor and value as part of our Catholic schools is our partnership with parents. Uh, we believe with all our heart that parents are the primary educators of their children, and so uh, so we feel that it's important that parents have a voice in this, and um, and that we truly are partners. So uh, so the first step is that our task force is taking is uh, is sending out a, a pretty comprehensive survey. We need to know what, uh, uh, how parents are feeling. You know, do, uh, do they want to send their kids back to school? Some will, will opt to uh, continue distance learning. Just talking about social distancing, uh, you know, masks, about hand washing stations, sanitation, um, all of those things that we need to consider in terms of, uh, of reopening our campuses. So let me make sure I understand that. You're looking at having a, what sounds like a fairly complicated hybrid situation in August where you've got the possibility for some campuses to be doing both distance learning and on-site? Did I understand you correctly? That, that, that is correct. So so what, what we're looking at, um, 
really, you know, kind of maybe three, three different scenarios. One being um, a student uh, back on campus full time uh, with social distancing uh, in place, and um, and right now that remains that uh, that six uh, six feet apart, hand washing and um, uh, a cohort model as much as we can, particularly for those younger students, so that there's less uh, cross con- contamination, if you will. The second uh, scenario is uh, kind of a hybrid. And uh, really, the difference between those two scenarios will be the amount of space that our that our uh, schools have. Sure, uh, classrooms normally have you know twenty five, thirty, thirty five kids in them, but with social distancing, we'll be limited to the number of students we can have on campus at one time. So, for our larger schools, we may need to look at this hybrid model, which is maybe you know whether that's an AM PM model, we're not sure, or uh, two days on, two days off, uh-huh. but. Um, part of the time in face uh, um, instruction and then part of the time uh, at home. And, um, and then, you know, if it, if we have families whose children have, have health issues or uh, immune systems that are compromised, we want to ensure that we're continuing to offer a very comprehensive distance learning option for them. Okay. We value that. We, we honor that and, um, and want to make sure that our Catholic schools continue to meet the needs of, uh, of our families. And so, um, so for those families that for whatever reason may not be able to return to a classroom setting immediately, we have some provisions for, uh, for those families as well. So you may end up having something like, um, oh, cameras in the classroom to do the lectures and the, the discussion format. So people at home would be able to, um, take advantage of it. Is that kind right. of what you're thinking? That's a, yeah, we're thinking of, you know, we've, we've all be, become uh, very familiar with streaming masses, right? Right. <laughs> so, uh, so, so live stream yeah, classes. So From classes to masses. There you go. <laughs> you could use that. That's free. <laughs> but yes, you could live stream your classes, uh, just like you, you, we do on Sunday. That would be very good. And then yeah. you, you've got yeah. the ability for the students to be able to still chime in or, or send in their, their questions. Especially right. for the older older kids, that would be easier. I'm assuming that most kids that have special needs or have chronic health problems are going to have mm-hmm. to have more help than others. That's going to be another consideration for you all to take into account. It, then it, it absolutely will be, yeah. And um, you know, in and even throughout our distance learning, one of the areas that we've really paid close attention to are children who, you know. Uh, have learning differences and are exceptional learners. And that, that's an area that we continue to work on, you know, that, that one-on-one instruction with, uh, with teacher and, and student and engaging our parents in that again as we partner with parents. And, uh, and so, uh, so we're, we're continuing to, to work on that as well, being, you know, very, very aware that, uh, uh, we have all different kinds of learners in our, in our schools. Now, I know that we haven't had, uh, any feedback definitively yet from our public school brothers and sisters, but when they go back, they're not going to be able to adapt as quickly as you all are. I take it that however you're going to encounter this in August, by the time we get to September, you're going to be prepared to do significant tweaking whichever way you need to go. You're going to be able to turn it a dime much much easier. That's just it. That's it. And that's, you know, that, that's really what we, the purpose of our task force, and, and um, now as we head into the summer months to spend this time not reacting as we have been, but really being proactive in our planning so that 
you know, kind of whatever situation we find ourselves on, we have a path to follow that has been well thought out and we're prepared to uh, to go down that path. So when we're looking at the changes that are likely to take place at Catholic schools, you're looking at possibly having uh, calendar changes both on a, on, the, on a weekly basis as to how the structure of the school day goes, because you may be going to a Tuesday, Thursday, sure. Wednesday, Friday, whatever type right. of schedule. Right. You may be going to, to a number of different things. That means that you're going to have to come up with at least a preliminary plan very quickly in order to make sure that the principals know how to go about making sure their hiring is done correctly. That is exactly right, and um, those are the those are all those conversations that we're having right now. Um, you know, I, I just I, I can't put enough emphasis on on the importance of planning, 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 planning. Because you're right, you know, one thing leads to another, leads to another, leads to another, and we need to ensure that you know staffing is adequate for whatever scenario we we find ourselves in. I take it that since um, these are. Very strange times. The Diocese of Orange has been actually very good at having a lot of collaboration and cooperation between the different schools. I'm wondering if this isn't going to be an impetus to have more of that collaboration and cooperation. Has there been much discussion about that in and amongst the principals you've been talking to? Yeah, you know, one of the, the beauties, I, I think, that this, uh, I've been in this role now for just about two years and uh, have a new team as, as well. And one of our, uh, our our priorities has been instilling this sense of collaboration among our principals, among our schools, breaking down barriers. You know, all, all of these things, recognizing that uh, that we are a, a system of schools in the Diocese of Orange. And because of all that foundational work and shifting the culture and the mindset, when uh, when this thing broke out, um, our principals were so happy and ready to collaborate with one another and to share ideas. And uh, and we set up a, a platform right away. We use a platform called Basecamp to collaborate on and, and do oh, wow. teamwork. I mean, it's been phenomenal, phenomenal. And um, and even, you know, just earlier today, I was just sitting with this task force and we're uh, tweaking a um, uh, the parent survey that, that will, will go out this week. And, and one of the principals said, well, you know, he said, I'm so, I'm so grateful for everyone's uh, input. He said, you know, usually this type of collaboration can be uh, a really difficult task, but you've all made it easy. And I thought, wow, that's a real tribute to the level of trust and collaboration um, and respect uh, among our principals. So I, I see just just more of this down the pipe. That is fantastic. I, I, I can honestly tell you that before I, I had this conversation with you, I was worried about how the Catholic schools were going to fare coming this next fall. But the way you're describing it, it sounds like you've got not only a basic plan for opening up, but you've got new and innovative ideas. And then with the collaboration you're talking about, if it can be done, it will be done. It sounds like you've got a, right. a real good plan to at least have a real good plan. You, you couldn't have said it better. That's exactly what it is. And um, I just, I, again, I, I can't say uh, enough good things about these uh, these school principals that uh, are, are serving our schools and, and serving our church. They have just stepped up and, and beyond this uh, this challenge, the challenges that we faced this past spring and uh, and continue to lead with uh, with faith and um, and with love and with commitment to mission. It's uh, it really is just just an honor to serve with them. What, if anything, are you able to hear from um, the, both the parents and the individual teachers that are involved? 
you're kind of in a in a difficult position because as a superintendent you're busy, <laughs> very, very busy. And that means that even though I know that you have a reputation for getting in the trenches and trying to keep your finger on the pulse, <laughs> there isn't much of a, of a physical pulse to take right now where there's no, no one physically on the campuses. So what are you hearing from how the teachers are doing? You mentioned a little bit that you've got some public, some parent surveys back. Right. But have you heard anecdotes right. from parents or anecdotes from teachers that tell you a little bit more about how they're doing? Well, we actually did a teacher survey as well because we too were, uh, were we wanted to uh, make sure our teachers are being taken care of. And you know, teachers have been uh, excited by the challenge, but uh, but they're getting tired. They're yeah. getting tired. They, for any of us who have been uh, on on Zoom calls uh, throughout the day, it's exhausting, and it takes you know from a different energy source yeah. uh, within you. And so, uh, so our teachers, uh, you know, they've been working very long days. And they show up for their kids every day and, and on the weekends, and they're accessible. And so they they absolutely feel supported, which is which is what our job is to make sure they are supported. But the end of the year uh, uh, can't come soon enough for uh, for our teachers. <laughs> I can understand that. I I've had yeah. one of my my educational experiences was a, a master's program that was totally online, and it was a very very different experience. And I can tell you that having been a teacher in the classroom and a teacher online, oh, please, let me be uh, in the classroom any day of the week. It, it is so much harder to do online, in my opinion, because yeah. if, to do it well, you have to try to maintain dynamism. And what we used to call butts-up activity that is hard to do when you're at a distance because you've got yeah. to have the kids engaged and they have to be involved and they have to – how do you do collaborative learning? It's really hard. You've been pulling it off well, but thank God it sounds like we're going to be back in the classrooms. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about how this has impacted all of us, including you, Dr. Aaron. We're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today is Dr. Aaron Barasano, the superintendent of schools for the Diocese of Orange, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today has been Aaron Barisano, uh, Doctor of Education and Superintendent of Schools for our Diocese of Orange. And we have been talking with her about both how successfully, and I, I must say, uh, very successful, turn-on-a-dime movement into distance learning, and compared to some of the alternatives out there, a very good encounter with it, and yet the great news that the plan is to go back in August and how that's going to take place. So I'm glad to hear all of that. I'm kind of curious how you're holding up. How's the Barisano household doing with all of this? I can tell you, I've got uh, three older daughters. The youngest is graduating, and um, this has been an interesting experience in the Howick house. How has the Barisano home been doing? Well, you know, it's, uh, yeah, in, interesting as, as, uh, as everyone has their story. But, um, for me, it's, um, it's funny because I'm, I'm both a superintendent and I'm mom at the same time. I, I have, uh, I have two kids in, uh, in our Catholic schools. One's a, a, a freshman at Modern Day High School and one is in sixth grade at Christ Cathedral Academy. 
And so, you know, when, when I talk about kind of the parent experience, I'm, uh, I'm right there with, with all of our parents because I'm, I'm experiencing it too. And so one of the things that, uh, it's, th- this experience has, has really forced me to do, but I, but I, I think it's been a blessing is to become more involved in my child's education. And again, that, you know, all the years I spent in the classroom, gosh, they, uh, I think about our parents who weren't teachers, who weren't trained teachers, because it's hard. It's hard even when you were a trained teacher to, uh, to sit with your child and to, uh, to, to guide them and to be patient, right? And so, and even my high schooler to, uh, to ensure that, uh, that she's staying on, on track and to communicate with teachers. And it's been a, just a really interesting time. I, I think one of the things that's, that's been a struggle for, uh, for me and for, I'm sure, all working parents is that balance. Right. Because yeah. when you go to work, you have your office at, at work and, you know, your children are at school. I don't have a home office here. So I, I set up my card table in my in my bedroom, you know, <laughs> that's, that's where I work. And, yeah. and my kids come and interrupt me during my my, you know, uh, meetings with uh, with bishops or with my principals. And um, <laughs> it's just life. Bob, how do you and do so, this math problem? As you said, oh, Bishop Van, you have to wait for just a second. <laughs> hey, this is more important. <laughs> Math and so, <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty challenging. So I think for for all of us, um, this is really just a lesson on humility. Yes, my my oldest my youngest daughter has AP physics, so I I'm at least uh, I can't answer any of those. So we're all good. <laughs> and you know we we have to come at it with with humility, and you know humility in in the in both our professional life, the, the work that God calls us to do in our personal lives that, you know, that we can be there for our spouses, for, uh, for our children, uh, in, in the best way that we can. But, um, it's, um, you know, as parents reach out to me or I, I read things from surveys, you know, real life is tough. It's, it's tough for all of us. So, and it's, and it's been a challenge for me as well. It's been interesting too. In our home, we found out very quickly that our bandwidth isn't enough. So we now have not only, <laughs> Not only do we have our regular internet at home, but my wife has her hotspot. I have my hotspot. And then there's usually one or two people who are online doing something with just the regular uh, internet. Are you finding that same issue <laughs> at home too? And you know, I'm curious yeah, as well. My, what are you hearing husband, from your, your professionals as well? My husband's pretty techie. So he went out and got whatever the, you know, you need to do to expand the bandwidth uh, pretty early on because, uh, because we were hearing that from our kids, you know, this is slowing down or I would get from my Zoom calls, your internet is unstable. So yeah. we we're able to, to address that. But I, I think that, yeah, these are just like very real, real problems. And, and yes, we've had people drop off of Zoom calls because of, because of that. Uh, making sure that, you know, our, our teachers, uh, sometimes, uh, have to just use, uh, the telephone to reach out to kids, you know, because, uh, my internet's down, things like that. So a couple of my colleagues, uh, we'll get on a Zoom call and, and they'll be in there at the pastoral center instead of at home. And same thing, home, you know, I just, the internet was just unstable. <laughs> so it's uh, things that, that you just take for granted, right? Yeah. And, uh, and just to kind of reexamine. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I guess I, I want to, I'm kind of curious. I know this, the campuses are closed. If a teacher needed to come into the classroom, are there ways to work that out, or do you even know if is is that a site specific yeah. question that that's yeah. that's under your pay grade? I don't know. No, no, I um, you know, every, every, when this thing rolled out, schools were always considered an, an essential service, 
And so, um, so in terms of how, you know, being able to, uh, to do their jobs and, and to have access to the classroom, teachers have been allowed back in their classroom. Um, we've, we've told them, you know, they, they can't sit in, in the teacher's lounge and things like that. So, but contained in their classrooms, they've been able to do that. And some of them have been, you know, uh, uh, conducting lessons with okay. their whiteboard or things like that. It's just more comfortable oh, for them. So that's been uh, absolutely available to them. Um, so although campuses have been closed uh, to students and to, and to large groups, uh, teachers have been, you know, uh, as, as they choose to go back. And I know our principals are uh, are in the office, um, you know, probably not every day, but a couple days a week to uh, to make sure that school continues to run. So at the very least, when we're talking about the realities of it all, while you're trying to adapt to how to give the best online program, your teachers... If they're running into the bandwidth problems because they've got two teenagers at home who are also trying to use the bandwidth, yeah. they can come to their classroom and still broadcast from there or podcast. And from that's there. exactly it, exactly. And so, um, you know, this has really forced us to be creative, to be innovative. I, I think that uh, the response has is is really just inspiring the the level of, of creativity and and innovation. And I think that's really a trademark um, of, of Catholic schools. You know, when we think back uh, of the history of Catholic schools, you know, in the face of, of, of adversity, uh, Catholic schools know how to pivot. They know how to how to uh, respond to that. And so I, I think that this is just another moment in time that uh, that we're experiencing the national treasure that, that Catholic schools really are. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I think I want to make sure we we spend some time talking about in a, in a moment. But you're right. Um, not only are you able to pivot because you're small, you're also Im- intimate, but you've got a very clear focus on your mission. And the the funny thing is, a lot of people mistake the mission. the The, the mission isn't primarily about educating the child. The mission is about getting the children to Jesus Christ, and we do that through educating the child, which means Amen. which yep. means that to have that child engage in Jesus Christ, how do you get them there? Well, the, that's, yeah. that creates a huge motivation to make all of those changes and pivots and, and whatever they can do, all the more likely to happen. Right. And that's it. You know, we, we all, at the end of the day, be open to, to the way the Spirit moves us and, and always leading closer to, to Christ, knowing that, and I, I think it's, it's very important that we recognize that, that this, this time, you know, happened during our Lenten journey and during the resurrection and Easter time. And, you know, there's, 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 uh, there's great lessons for us to, to learn and, and great opportunities for us to reflect that as people of faith, we can always view it through that lens of faith. And so, um, so that has not been lost on any of us and, and any of our, our, our teachers, our, our, uh, and I, you know, I think our students as well. It's been interesting here at the radio program. We've had uh, all of the bishops on in the last two months, uh, and each of them has told different stories and things. But what each of them have also talked about is how uh, this time of being away from Mass and away from the Eucharist and away from the community has forced us to think a little bit, what is Christianity all about? What is Christ all about? I mean, everyone would love yeah. to have Eucharist again, um, and we'd be willing to die for Eucharist, but are you willing to kill for Eucharist? Well, no, therefore, we're not going to force other people to come back to serve us. 
we're going to take a step back. And the same is true for the schools up, up until now. You're planning on bringing all these kids back. You were talking about safeguards coming in, into place. When you're bringing, uh-huh. when you're bringing in the safety of this, you said that you're going to have safe social spacing, distancing. social distancing. How right. do you go about doing that on the playground? How do you go about making sure that it, that our children are going to stay six feet apart if they're going to be in school? And that's, I mean, that, that really is, is the question. And, and I think that, and, and you know, Rick, I mean, you, you were, you were a teacher and, and uh, a principal. You know, when, you, when you're dealing with kids, there are a lot of like, unknowns, right? There are. I mean, yeah, but I, but I think really. And by the end of the, the day, every parent's going to point that out to you on the phone, too. <laughs> right. But, but, you know, but I, I really think that the answer, um, lies in having a, a, a plan and then instructing students. Yeah. Right? Like, the children will learn. Children will learn if you instruct them. And so if you say, this is what we do, then this is what we, you know, and you practice it and you model it and you do it again and you do it again and you do it again. And so then, it just becomes this is the way we do things, and that's uh, that that imitation, if if you will. I heard someone and, say wearing a mask is a gift I give to the people around me. It's a way of me mm-hmm. showing the love of Christ for the people around me by wearing that mask. I show them I care, I care enough. Yeah, and it's a way of also instilling into the kids. This is a way for you to show you care. You're going to get on the swings, but you're going to to stand back while you do so. You're going to play, right. but you're going to be careful not to get too close because Jesus wants us to right. share and Jesus wants us to care. Yeah. I do think, I, I think this is going to work. I think that what you're talking about by having a plan for a this committee to be able to come up with a the best possible set of plans and the ability to, to turn on a dime if necessary in order to change, I, I think all of that's going to be very good. When do you plan to have schools open then? Are we talking late August? Are we going to extend it out into September? Have you changed the actual calendar dates for the year yet? Do we know any of that yet? Yeah, you know, our, our schools right right now, we're planning on a, on a traditional calendar, which means that uh, our high schools uh, start uh, around August 10th, 11th, 12th, around there. Okay. And then um, our suggested start date for our elementary schools is uh, August, uh, I believe it's the 24th. So that's, yeah, we're right right now, um, we're planning, you know, these, these different models based on our, our traditional calendar. I know Notre Dame University has built in a couple of weeks in their semester, they're coming back a little bit early just in case they have to take off again for a while. You're not planning to yes. do that yet. There's we're, no plans we're for not. that. And no, because, um, it, it, you know, in, in lieu of that, really what we're planning is um, is a strong distance learning program if, if we need to take off. Okay. So if, you know, if for some reason we need to close campuses uh, because someone's been exposed or because... Uh, uh, well, you know, another stay-at-home order is issued for for whatever reason to, that we would the education would continue. Okay, when we come back, Doctor Aaron, I want to talk a little bit more about why it would be then that parents who may not have ever sent their children to Catholic schools might want to send their children to Catholic schools, perhaps for the first time. You're listening to Orange County Great. Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today is Dr. Aaron Barrasano, who is the superintendent of schools for the Diocese of Orange, and we will be right back. (music) 
And welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. And with me today has been Aaron Barrasano, Doctor of Education, who is Superintendent of Schools. And before I go any further, uh, Dr. Barrasano, I want to thank you profusely for coming in during your very busy schedule as you recreate how we go about learning at the end of the school year and how we're going to go and recreate learning how we do it at the beginning of the school year. Thank you for taking some time to come in and talk with us. Oh, Rick, it's been my pleasure, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always happy to, to talk about the great treasure that our Catholic schools are. You mentioned that I have a background a little bit in Catholic education, and I remember um, oh, probably a, about a month ago would be when we would have our second open house, and the open house has always had kind of this, what's so important about Catholic schools? And we've kind of missed that opportunity, and I wanted to give you a chance to talk a little bit about that, because one of the things I discovered from parents that came in was they'll often think of Catholic schools as kind of like public schools with a religious overlay. And it isn't that at all. And so I wanted to give you a chance to correct that wrong thinking, because that's still out there. I still hear that from parents that, well, Catholic school, government school, it's all the same, just you get to do religion for an hour a day. No, 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 no. Can you tell us, let's pretend for a moment that I'm a a young family man. I've got uh, one child who started into kindergarten and now is going to first grade and not really thrilled with what they've encountered so far in the public school, and another child coming up ready to start into TK or into preschool, what would you say to to me as a young dad who's come and asked you, why would I consider Catholic education? Well, I think whenever we uh, we ask our, our current parents what's special about their school, you know, the words that, that come up again and again and again are sense of community and, and family. This is my family. And that comes through loud and clear. And it's, it's very much a, a lived reality. That sense of, uh, of belonging to a community that cares about not only educating your child, but ensuring that your child is given the care and attention and a, a path to grow in their faith and to grow in the gifts and talents that God has given them, that is now more than ever what our what our world needs. I, I think what, what parent wouldn't want that for their child, this sense of security, of family, of belonging, and all with a world-class education. And so, you know, our, our students are, are not only prepared for high school and for college and to be successful in our world, our students are, are prepared for heaven, college, and career. And I always say that in that order. Our job is to prepare our students for heaven, college, and career. And, um, and I can't imagine any, wow. any parent that would, would want to debate that. No, and that's extremely well said. Uh, it's rare that I hear it that way from a superintendent, so I want to have you continue to go on. But you, you made an interesting statement there that the first priority of a parent raising their child is to get them ready for heaven. Talk a little mm-hmm. bit more about that. How is that being realized in the Catholic schools? Sure, sure. You know, I, I think that it's realized in the very being of, of a Catholic school. This idea of, of Catholic identity is something that is not separate from, um, you know, it's not a standalone, if you will, or layered like you, like you would describe it, just layered on top of, of ac- an academic program. 
it's um it's the very fiber of uh, of our identity and and who we are and so that means that the way that that teachers interact with their students the way teachers interact with other teachers or with parents all brings with it this sense that we've all been created in the image and likeness of God and we are loved and i think that that when you come at things with uh, with that knowledge and accepting that that children see that and then children recognize that in themselves. They recognize that I am, am created in God's image and you are created in God's image. And yeah, you know, life can be hard and we can have conflicts and we can have bad days and things like that. But at the end of the day, when it all comes back to that, um, that's powerful. That's powerful for kids. And that will, will lead them closer to our Lord and, um, and these daily encounters of Christ in their midst is what we want to ensure that uh, that our kids are experiencing, and, and they are. I was taken aback, um, oh, it was a couple of weeks ago now, when they were talking about the Supreme Court having this case, uh, and I don't even want to go into the details of the case, but what was said yeah. about some of the testimony was whether or not you can say that uh, a non-religion teacher, say in science or in math, uh, is covered by as a minister, and I'm thinking when I was a pr- principal, my janitor was a minister, my my maintenance yeah. person. I had kids talking to my maintenance person sometimes and getting some really good life advice because they were so yeah. grounded in Jesus Christ. They're immersed right. in Jesus Christ when they're in a Catholic school. That's what I understand you saying. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what a Catholic school is all about, isn't it? That's what a Catholic school is all about. And, um, you know, when I was uh, a, a teacher, I taught seventh grade, and, and anybody knows seventh graders. They're squirrely, and they're a handful, and um, and I loved them. And, and one of my, my bulletin boards, in the, in the back of the classroom, I had a, um, a little locker mirror. You know, I'd, I'd put it up on the, on the, uh, the back of the room. And, and seventh graders like to look at themselves, you know, girls come in, and they like to fix their hair. But above that mirror, I put, Behold the Face of God. Yeah. Because I wanted my kids to know that God dwelled within them and that they were created, uh, you know, the love of the Father. And so kids need to hear that. Kids need to know that, and they need to embrace that. I, I, adults need to know that, right? <laughs> and yes. we all need to, to lean in and, and just uh, and, and recognize that, um, that we are so loved. And that, uh, you know, our, our Father has created us in His image, and He's given us His Son to, uh, to journey with us, and, and inspired by the Holy Spirit, and all of these, 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 these beauties that surround us, and this love that surrounds us. And so, um, so our Catholic schools are a place exactly for that. And, um, you know, the goal then is to go out and proclaim the good news um, in the life that we lead. And so going back to preparing our, our kids for heaven, that's exactly what we want to, to do, to, to equip them uh, with all of that so that they can, uh, can proclaim uh, the good news with the life that they lead. There were times when I would have a parent come in and, and ask me the question as well. And every once in a while, I'd, I'd make the comment that, especially if they were starting with young, young kids, and I would say, okay, you're going to come in here and you're going to spend just going through the elementary school nine to ten years, depending upon kindergarten and preschool, uh-huh. With just your first child. And if you're having more children, because it looks like you're not done yet, you might be here for another 12, 14, 16, 18 years at this school in this environment, which means not only are your kids going to school, but you're also running them to parties and you're running them to 
back and I'm, forth to field trips and you're calling each other on, on the phone about birthdays and about homework and about what's going on at school so that not only are your friends making, not only are your children making friends and friendships for the rest of their lives, so are you. And it is about the center of your life in Christ and that you're surrounding yourself yeah. and your family in Christ so that by enrolling in a Catholic school, you're enrolling really in a, a center to your life. And that's something that you don't get in any other, in any other way. And most especially through a, a, um, a public school, public schools are very good that's academically. Right. If you're at the top of the line, uh, educationally for public schools, you can get a good education, but you can't get the body of Christ. You can't get that family Mm -hmm. and you can't get that home that you develop slowly over time in a Catholic school. And And it is, and it is home. And and I want to, first of all, recognize and thank you, Dr. Barisano for being a superintendent that sees that that's something that is, that is unique. I, I won't go into great detail, but I've known a number of superintendents in a number of different dioceses and there's a lot of lip service that can be paid, but what you just described and the way you just described it was awesome. Thank you very much for having that so public, so out there, and so centered in the Diocese of Orange. It makes a difference. And when our parents come back in August, and I think they're going to come back in droves, it's going to be, I think, largely because you've instilled that in our principles, that our purpose for being here is about Jesus Christ. Oh, and by the way, we do it through education. <laughs> it's a, right. it's a right. great message. Yeah. Dr. Barisano, thank you so very much for coming in and spending some time talking with us. I am so glad that while it's been difficult to adjust, we've had a, a overall a very good experience with distance learning, and I'm even more happy that when we come back in August, the plan is to reopen. Thank you for coming yeah. in and sharing well, that with us. You're so welcome. It's it's really been my pleasure, and uh, I'd I'd love to come back and uh, and talk to you uh, when when we reopen. I would love to have you back, and I think that we should give lots of details, maybe even just before schools open, and then maybe a few weeks later after schools open, so we can see how you're tweaking it. Because I suspect that you're going to make this, you're going to perfect this, and so I'm looking I'm looking forward to it. Doctor Barisano, would you be so kind as to lead us in a word of prayer? I would love to. Thank you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Good and gracious God, we thank you for uh, the blessings that surround us. And uh, as we uh, continue on our day and on our journey, may we recognize the risen Lord in all that we do and uh, ask for your Spirit upon us to lead us in the direction always closer to you. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son. The Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You have been listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. We have been talking with Aaron Barisano, Doctorate of Education and Superintendent of Schools for the Diocese of Orange. And she has announced here on our program that the plan is to open the schools again in August. And they have a plan for doing so. If you would like to have more information on how to send your child to a Catholic school here in the Diocese of Orange. While I still have you here, Dr. Barisano, do you have a phone number that you might be able to give out or perhaps the website for Orange County Catholic Schools? Yep, occatholicschools.org. occatholicschools.org, and you can get all the information and any phone number so you can talk to either someone in the office there at the Office of Catholic Schools or a principal in your neighborhood who will be able to talk to you about their program specifically. 
And again, thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Orange County Catholic Radio, and we'll see you again next week.